In a world where it seems like there's so much going wrong, I want you to see the people who are spending their lives doing and seeing the good. Welcome to the Doing Good Podcast, where we discuss the stories of people who are changing the world in their own way. I'm your host, Carmen Herbert. Welcome to Doing Good. I'm talking with Lindsay Groshinsky, and Lindsay believes that hope is everything and once ignited can change it all. She loves to guide others to flip the switch in their own lives and activate the light and potential within, which is what we've been talking about. You've been married, Lindsay, for almost 23 years. Is that right? To your best friend? 23 years. That's amazing. And a proud mama of three kids. Lindsay chooses to use her experiences and challenges to help others navigate their own. She loves to work with the youth of the church, speaking at girls camps, talked with hundreds of men and women about the power of hope all across the country. And she's currently in the process you told me about, which is so exciting, writing your first book called Put the Mentor Down and Look Up. And it will showcase the importance of navigating life with our spiritual foundation, what we've just been talking about intact first. And I just have to add, you said, I've been known to have a line outside my house waiting for my English toffee. That's okay. true. English toffee is maybe one of my very favorite guilty pleasures. However, I'm super picky about it. It can't can't be too hard. It can't be too soft. It has to be the right amount of the right chocolate, the right amount of chocolate, the right amount of nuts, everything. Like I am kind of a freak about English toffee. It sounds so weird. And so at Christmas when we get some, I'm like, Oh, who made it? (laughs) I'm I'm trying all the way there. Challenge accepted. You're getting some. I cannot wait. So I just have to know, how did you find out that you had this talent of making? Okay. So my grandma was the English toffee master. So it's very serious. And just like you said, I'm the exact same way. It has to be exactly perfect. So she does a couple of things different, like chocolate on both sides is key. You have to do it. Yeah. And just a couple of different things, but you're going to have to try. I can't tell you all the secrets. Of course you can. No. You will it's have to try it. It's a Parker. So my grandma Parker from my Parker. Mama. Okay. Made. Okay. Your mama's mama. My mama's mama. She's my okay. We have five girls in my family. I'm the youngest of five. And we are all, I mean, you, we had to learn how to make toffee or you're getting kicked out of the family. <laughs> it's like, a lot of trial and error. This is your like initiation into womanhood. You have to make toffee. Exactly. We first got married. I couldn't make stovetop stuffing. So it was quite the feat to nail down this topic. I I have stories about the sweet meals I used to make for my husband and I, and bless his heart, would scarf them down. I love cooking and baking now. And so I will share, I can make a pretty mean kamut bread baguette. Like the baguettes are my specialty and I drizzle homemade. I do honey and butter on top of it and it's so good. So I will give you a a baguette out of the oven and you can give me the toffee and we'll exchange. Yep. (laughs) So from the seven years I spent with that company, I went and trained with some of the best of the best, right? Like the Tony Robbins and the Brendan Bouchards and became certified in gross coaching and all of that. And that was really good. But when we made this move, when the pandemic happened, you know, I was working with people. We had teams all over the place, but I just sort of sat back and went, we got COVID really badly. And my husband and I were both in the hospital and I just started to just slow down because I was going a hundred miles an hour. And I realized there's a lot of mentorship out there and gurus and gross coaches. And that's all good. But I couldn't even really pick out a color of my shirt 
anymore. And because I wondered if it fit my personality or making decisions just felt like I needed to ask somebody. I needed validation. I needed to look at that next coach. And so we were all about hope. Our team was the Hope Light Movement. I love sharing hope, but I sort of realized what I loved about that company while we were doing it wasn't the recognition, wasn't the stage training, wasn't all the things we were doing. It was, I love the one-to-one, looking somebody in the face and telling them, you're intrinsically good. You're incredible. Like you can get on your knees and ask these questions. And if something doesn't sit right, ask first, look inward, look upward. Because if you do that out of order, you're going to get where I got, which was completely upside down with a lot of recognition and titles and things. But I just wasn't very happy anymore. And it's been really, so the last three years, that's why I'm asking. It's funny now, because I would have spoken before I did firesides. We did we went all over the place, but the last three years have been a little more quiet and I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot about just being a neighbor. Like, why is my neighbor bringing a soup for COVID in a cool wipe container, but they're just so happy? What is that about? Right. And there's stuff to do right in our own neighborhoods and right with the people that are close to us. And so that's kind of been the journey I've been on. It's been different from I where I was. But that's why I'm sorry. I'm working on a book right now titled Put the Mentor Down and Look Up. And Ooh. just because I feel like maybe that's where we're losing hope a little bit because we're not sharing with each other as much. We're kind of Googling it and looking on the internet for answers and stuff. And so I love what you're doing. I love like talking to people and just we can help each other with our words and with our experiences. So, oh my gosh, sort of my- I think it is amazing that you've had this breakthrough because it it almost seems paralyzing to make any decision right now. And I have honestly found myself with the dumbest things, like even doing makeup, like, well, wait, how was I supposed to contour again? And I'm like, <laughs> like, honestly, like, oh, how do I contour my face to just walk out of the stinking house? And like right now I have nothing on. I'm not wearing any makeup, but You're it's gorgeous. You are nice. I'm. We there's a camera. By the blurry. <laughs> good. <laughs> no, but I've honestly, it, it, I've thought of that. Like I have gotten to the point where any dumb decision is like, well, what would so and so do? What would so and so do? And even from studying my scriptures, well, wait, was I supposed to take notes or am I supposed to read and write down inspiration? Am I supposed to do it at night or in the morning? How am I, what am I supposed to eat in the morning? So-and-so only drinks a drink and so-and-so only does this. It's like we're paralyzed. Paralyzing. Our own. It is. And it's, it's like, like when it gets dark and you start, your trials start hitting harder. Yeah. You back up into that cage even darker because it's like, I don't know how to even talk about this or you run out of resources. Yes. Run out of resources, but it feels like you do, right? Exactly. Because there's one resource that Mm -hmm. is the resource. And it oftentimes, unfortunately, and I found this in my own life, the last one I go to, not because I don't trust him, but because it's, it's, it's not instant. It's not an instant download. It takes work and it takes effort and time. And it's not a person that I'm talking with or a screenshot that I'm reading. It's waiting on the Lord and, and, you have to listen and be receptive to inspiration and cleaning your inner vessel to be able to receive that. And that is tough. And in this super fast paced world where we're like, I need to know something right now. And there are definitely times where I felt like Heavenly Father's like, okay, boom, here you go. Oftentimes it's 
a result of hard spiritual work. And right. President Nelson's like, it's worth it. You got to put it in. It is worth it. Put it in. You have to do it. Once you put it in and, you're, and it's there, the foundation's different. And that's what I started with the work we were doing. And it's not that I'm, I don't want anyone to think that I'm like hating on it. It was a good seven years. I learned so much, but I saw a lot of people that were down and broken and lost hope that were coming in and just getting pumped up really fast. Yeah. Getting thrown all of these things really fast. And it was dangerous, I feel like, because the bottom of that is going to come out if you don't first work on the most important foundational piece, which is your relationship with Heavenly Father. And honestly, I came in like that. I deal with a lot of chronic health, a lot, and a lot of autoimmune. And that's the majority of women I love to talk to. We also deal with mental health. One of our children has OCD and we, we deal with that. And so I talk to a lot of moms and just you know, try to lift them where they're at. But it's really hard to do when you're pouring from yes. a lot of, <laughs> you got to pour, you got to have that foundation in place. So, and, and I'm, I'm so grateful you said that. And, and, and I, and I recognize and notice, and please correct me if I'm wrong, that you didn't say you have to replenish yourself first and your oxygen mask first and self-care. It wasn't about self-care. It was about spiritual care. And in my personal opinion, and, and if you feel differently, like let's have a discussion, but I feel like there's a major difference between you focusing on yourself and doing things and spiritually focusing on yourself and replenishing that because it's almost Absolutely. like the trend. Yeah. The trend is like, take care of yourself, go out to lunch, go on mm-hmm. those vacations. And I'm not saying that's bad. I have some fun things planned with some girlfriends too later this year. And my husband and I are going on a one-on-one and we're excited about it. And it's wonderful, but it can, and it can be so tricky to balance the just take care of yourself with no, take care of your spiritual self. That's what you're drawing from. It's not this alone away, isolating. I'm doing something for me. It's spiritual one-on-one. And that is what makes the difference. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I think that's Satan, that's Satan's cage. I really believe that. To back us up slowly and in pretty ways, in exciting ways, but at the end of the day, it becomes all about us and alone. Because once it becomes yeah. so much about just us, it's easier when hard times hit and the difficult times come to feel like I'm alone. Ooh, us, focus on us and being alone. That is so mm-hmm. right. It, that's exactly isolation that he wants to get us away from our families and friends and our communities and churches and have us be so self-focused mm-hmm. that we can be easily persuaded. And and then if that self feels broken, you're like, I'm broken. Then why I'm broken and what and who I turn to, yeah. which is funny because then it's a pattern of having to look to other people because you actually aren't comfortable on your own being Mm -hmm. yourself. When you have the companionship of the Holy ghost and heavenly father, you can be alone, but not lonely. And when you're alone with, without that, then it's, you're more susceptible to being just tossed and turned any which way. And I I think it's interesting in, for those that are members of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, we, we learn about when we receive our endowments, we learn about the creation and Adam and Eve and, and, and the story of our, the first man and woman on the earth, our, our, our father and mother, Adam and Eve. And well, not father, mother, mother Eve. Do we call Adam our father? That's actually, (laughs) is it father Adam? I actually don't know the answer to this. I probably get I'll probably get comments about it. Like, 
how can you not know this doctrine? Our father in heaven, but then it's mother Eve. Anyway, not really important here. I, I digress, but we, Satan gets them alone. And, and this, this is all in the scriptures too. You can read about this in the scriptures and the pearl of great price and in the Bible in Genesis, but Satan gets them alone before he tempts them. He separates them. And that's how he gets them to, to, to do what he wants. And of course we know there's a plan and they made good decisions, but he didn't approach them together and say, Hey, do you guys want, it was when he got them alone, he was able to talk to them and convince them. And he does. I, I love that you said that he wants to, he wants to get us alone by ourselves. So I actually have celiac disease, which is sad and can't have dairy or eggs, but my family will enjoy it. I can no longer actually eat the toffee, which is just sad, but I still love making it for other people. And you still that is a labor of love, right? Oh my goodness. Okay. Then I will think of something else with no No, dairy. No, my family will love your bread. They're going to love it. We're going to think of something else too, though. We're going to share something that you can eat. I'm going to think of something. I'm so sorry. When were you diagnosed with celiac? So it's been about, my daughter was five when she got her scope. She was in kindergarten. And then I, very quickly, once you have one positive biopsy, they want to sort of check everybody. And so she was five. She's now 16. So 11 years ago. So I got checked a couple months later. And I actually oh had pretty severe celiac when they did my biopsy. Oh my goodness. I'm so glad you found that out. That's so hard. And it's a complete lifestyle change too. You're just uprooted from everything you know and the way you are living your life to a completely different way of living. Absolutely. I still say it's better to have loved and lost than to have never loved. (laughs) Better to have loved your bread and lost it. Bagels. Yeah. You just, it, it was a good time but you know Lindsay I'm so sorry I know we're so happy to be healthy it's good it is it's true that you would rather be healthy for sure but we can grieve the loss of ice cream and all that stuff and and bagels and bagels yeah bagels are awesome that's like basically only what my teenager will eat right now he's on this like bagel kick and it's the costco bagels every week we go through so many bagels because you buy one get one free and i'm like oh heaven so the bagel. okay so speaking of like uprooting your life and and doing a complete change so i love that we talked about earlier on just hope and activating the light and the potential and about having the spiritual foundation first so your husband you and your husband made a really big change a few years ago you moved from arizona to utah and so tell me about how that came about because I'd love to talk to you about making important big decisions and then after you make them, everything falling apart and knowing that it was the right one still. So you said after you made this, you're like, it all went to crap, basically. It, it, Is that right? Yeah. And it's, you know, we're, we are putting it back together. It is okay. But yeah, so it's kind of to go back. We had made a move in Arizona two years before we moved, made this move. And so it was really weird because we had a strong impression to move then (laughs) and we walked in the front door, you know, you get the keys, you're going through that very first day of your new home. And I had the strongest impression. This is really great. You're not staying. Yes. And it was really powerful. And my husband was like, wait a minute, what does that mean? Yeah. So we were talking that night and we're thinking, "Eh." you know, I think that's one thing we do especially when they're peaceful confirmations or when we have these, these things hit us, we can often just dismiss it. Maybe I'm crazy. I don't know where yes. I thought from. Right. Right. And so fast forward two years, the pandemic comes and I really think it caused 
one of the benefits and hard times and things from the pandemic, it caused us all to evaluate our lives. And there was a lot of factors. I mean, I, I have autoimmune. Being in the heat like that is really, really difficult. And it had been for years. My parents live up here. They're getting older. I always thought, well, I would come up here and help my sister that lives up here as they yeah. get older. So that was something, you know, but that didn't really matter because my husband started kind of waking up in the night with these feelings. We need to move to Utah. And I should have been the one that was like, yes, for the reasons I just listed above, but I was very hesitant. We have a junior in high school. We have a son that just left for a mission. We've got, you know, our 14 year old daughter. I thought, no, we we're about done with high school as a whole. We can't just uproot our whole family. Right. You know, quite honestly, it's, it's kind of crazy because my son had came home from the Philippines and he was getting ready to, he got reassigned to Idaho, Idaho Falls. So the polar opposite, which is comical because he needed everything for one type of weather and then everything for another type of weather. Oh my goodness. And so he was getting ready to leave. And I think he had heard some rumblings, but my husband at the time worked for his dad and he had asked his dad, he, you know, you kind of realize I can work from anywhere. And it, yeah. and it wasn't something that his dad thought was a great idea. So we just sort of shelved it. Well, we're taking my son to the airport and he turns around in the car and he said, I just want to let you know, I was praying in my room this morning and I had a feeling this is the last prayer I'll ever say in this house. I think oh. you're moving. And I just got the goosebumps and I thought, no, we're not. Well, I got no. home later that night after the airport. <laughs> I'm I'm drowning my sorrows and like snacks. And I think we went and got had tie somewhere. And I'm just feeling sorry for myself because unfortunately it wasn't any easier to let them go the second time than it was the first. And I'm feeling sorry for myself. And I'm talking to one of my best friends. Her husband's a realtor. And I had told her what my son had said. And she said, well, that's really weird. You know, her husband had been showing homes to this couple and they wanted exactly what we had you know, a pool up to a green belt, all these things. And she said, could they come and look at your house? I said, no, <laughs> they can't. It's a mess. I'm, I'm knee deep in Pad Thai. I don't know. And she said, and I felt the strongest impression again, tell her no you in 30 minutes. And so long story short, I leaned over the banister, told Brent, we're showing our house. He said, what? Brent's my husband. And for some reason we did. And we sold our house that day. And that day, that day, in that moment, oh, and two months later, we were sitting on the porch, and there's a lot that went into play how we got this house. But it yeah. was one of the most spiritual nights of our lives, too sacred to even discuss. But we knew we were supposed to move. I mean, there was not a doubt in our mind, there was not a question. And I think sometimes when we have those kind of spiritual experiences, they're for a reason because then when it falls apart, you have something to go draw on because two months later when we got here, it was not easy. Our son absolutely hated us. It was not easy to go and be a junior in high school. You don't know anybody. Yeah. He wouldn't talk to us for months. Wouldn't even look at us. And we both got COVID ended up in the hospital on the same days together that I never thought would happen. You know, one one of our businesses, I took a big step back and just realized I needed to make some changes with what I was doing career-wise. And was that in the hospital that you decided that? Or when when did you have that impression that you're like, okay, this isn't working. I need to change something. 
You know, I think it was a combination of things, realizing I needed to be home more. I needed to be, my kids were really struggling. They were, our kids were really struggling with the move. And I just realized I'm exhausted and my body is breaking down. I have ran faster than I have the ability to of myself. And it was when I was on the couch, actually, and I was watching the snow fall down, ironically, and it was just really quiet. We'd gotten out of the hospital and perspective is a crazy thing when your world stops a little bit and, and yes. you can slow down and finally think for yourself. And I just had a strong impression. I've got to change some things. This isn't going to work. <laughs> the way yep. in which I'm running and running faster than I have the ability, and especially with add-on autoimmune, you, you know, you have to be a little more careful of how you are taking care of yourself. And yeah. I wasn't. And so you know, you're looking at loss of income, you're looking at a lot of things. And it just felt like, why did we do this? And things just started breaking in our house left and right. We bought an older home in East Kaysville and, you know, you've just got expenses after expenses and you're thinking, why? Yeah. But I think that's, what's cool about those experiences. When you have them that strong, trust them because I think follow the peace. It's easier to like, mimic excitement or joy or all of those emotions. But peace, I believe, comes solely from our Savior, comes solely from Heavenly Father. And and I, when you can follow the peace, I really believe it won't lead us wrong. And that moment in that night that we had, it wasn't filled with a bunch of excitement. It was just filled with clarity and peace. And so I'm grateful we had it that powerful because I can't tell you how many times we had to go back and say, we were supposed to make this change. There's no doubt in our mind. And it got, it's been hard. <laughs> I won't lie. It's, it's been hard, but I know it's right. So 100% agree with you. And I have heard that Satan can mimic every emotion, excitement, happiness, except joy and peace. And joy is different than happiness or excitement or or exhilaration, it is a fruit of the spirit. And so is peace. And those emotions Satan cannot replicate. Even being like calm, like, you know, you can be calm or be quiet, but peace is different. It's like this underlying sense of it is all going to be okay and and feeling God's love and joy amidst terrible things that are happening, still having this it's all going to be okay. Feeling God's love and and happiness dis- despite that, and and so I think that I love that. Follow the peace because there are so many times that we've made decisions and felt very strongly and peaceful about it, and then yeah. same thing like following career paths or whatever. We're like we knew we were supposed to do, and then yeah. we second guess like maybe we made that up. Maybe we just wanted that. Maybe we. But Brad's like, but did we feel peaceful about it? And we have to keep coming back to, yeah, we both felt, we felt the excitement and all that too, but we felt this overlying, this is right. This is peaceful. And so then when it doesn't work out, we're like, okay, either it was a lesson or maybe it was to keep us solely from choosing the other thing we weren't supposed to choose. Even looking back, like, wow, that would have been a better decision. It seems, seems like that was the, we seem like we made the wrong choice. But, but that other choice didn't, it didn't sit right. And on paper, it's like, everything looks perfect. Like this is a no brainer, but we both felt like, oh, unsettled about it. 
And right. not like, oh, it's wrong. Just like, oh, this isn't this isn't maybe what we should be doing. And it's been mm-hmm. so hard to trust that, especially when we're in the same circumstance and things seem to be just not yeah. <laughs> progressing like we thought they were. Like we've often said, oh, we're in our 40-year wilderness. Like we're we're wandering, like we're still doing what we're supposed to be, but here we are wandering. We're like, okay, Lord, yeah. anytime you want to take us out. You're ready. Okay. Yeah, we're we're ready if you're ready. And he's like, yeah, I'm I'm not. you're not no, ready. It's <laughs> true. And I think it's it's good to talk to each other in those moments, but it's also good to get back on your knees and say, I felt these things, you know, and because it will bring it quickly back to remembrance. And for me, that's brought me back to center faster because me and my husband, we can almost get in these uh, whirlwinds together. Yeah. Why did we feel that? I don't know. Are you you sure we did? You know, and so we do better when we kind of take it to the Lord, because if if we're trying to sort of make sense of it together, sometimes you're looking, you're looking at it and you're thinking. I think we just lost our mind momentarily. We just blew it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Half the world wanted to change during 2020. So maybe that's why we did it because we were just feeling this, you know, uncertainty. And so we just took it to the next level, but it, it wasn't like that. And we know that. And I think you've most likely known that yeah. it's just a fog that comes after it's, it's a difficult fog, but I think that's also the pause in the space where we are learning. We're continuing to grow. We're continuing to have experiences that are teaching us. And I know for me, I spent a good amount of time saying, I wasted seven years of my life. If I need to take this pause, what was it all for? And I distinctly remember one night seeing all of the faces, the people, the conversations. And I just had this feeling very strongly, I'm not asking you to change because you're wrong. I'm asking you to change because I need you to do something different. And all of those experiences and all those things and all of those hard times, you take them with you. You don't drop them off at the next stop. Yeah. And then it suddenly becomes easier. It's a progression, right? Yes. And those experiences made you who you are. Mm -hmm. I love that. Chip Gaines, I read read his book and Capital Gaines, and he's so funny. And one of the things he said in there, he's like, it, it's it's never wasted to gain experience. Like he wanted to be a professional baseball player, and he's like, I that was my dad's dream, that was my dream, and I he's like, and I was really good, and I was looking to get recruited by colleges. Like it was it wasn't like oh I, I'm okay. Like he was an awesome baseball player, and thought this is going to be my dream, and I'm going to go to the major leagues, and this is this is how my life is going to pan out. And he said, and when it didn't work out that way, he said, I did not know who I was. I I lost everything because it was my life. And Mm -hmm. he said, but he said, and I thought, I thought about that, like hours and hours and days and months and years that he dedicated to this. He's like, here's what I learned. Hard work. I got up early. I learned how to persevere. I learned how to talk to people, maybe coaches or teammates that were difficult and work with them instead of be against him. I learned how to face adversity when we lost. I learned how to take that loss and then be improve. He said, all those lessons from baseball have actually helped me with Joanna and in, in, in their business that they do in Magnolia. And he said, everything has benefited me, even from baseball. And I loved that so much that he's like, it wasn't, oh man, see, it didn't work. It's like, no, the career didn't, but the lessons and experience did work. I All love that. And look at the impact they have on the world. Look yeah. how they are able to teach and they're an example to so many through that impact. Have you ever seen that meme that has, 
it's a little, I think it's a little girl and she's holding a little teddy bear for the yes. And I want it. And then he's got a bigger one behind his back. I think that's how it works a lot of the time. We think it's going to work out this way, but it's, it's something different, but it's going to oftentimes be exactly what we need to be yeah. the best version of ourselves in this life and to be able to make the most impact in the ways that we are gifted with. Right. And yes, often not what we see in ourselves. I don't think. And yeah. so I'm sure you didn't see a TV show and, and all of that stuff coming, <laughs> but I think it's really cool to, to hear that story and realize what was there for them. And yes, absolutely. Yeah. So you are, you have three kids and, and you've told us just a, a little bit about them. So tell me briefly about how old your kids are and how, so when you were obviously working when you had your kids, how did you balance working and doing that with being a stay at home mom or a well, working mom, like both moms, like how did you balance that life? So actually I didn't work the majority of them growing up. I started to work in 2013 up until 2020. And so balancing that, I have had a lot of years with them younger at home, but that was, it was difficult. I won't lie. (laughs) There was times when I felt like I was being torn between two places and I, I wanted to be here and I needed to be there. I think a lot of people go through that, Mm -hmm. but I think it was good too, because kids are really incredible. And for the most part, will cheer us on. <laughs> and I think that's something I learned. They also liked to see me kind of reaching my goals and going after things. And they were really supportive. But was it like that every day? No. There was a lot yeah. of times when we had fallout because they felt like they needed me and they needed me yeah. to be more present with them. And I don't know. I feel like it's kind of a tangle between both. But there were some really good moments and some really tough moments. And I think that's probably anyone that's a working mother goes through because I think it's good to show them that you can go after the things in your life that are beating on your heart and that you feel passionate about. It's a a good way to show them that, but then it's also okay to take a step back and show them that, Hey, I need to do something a little different too. And maybe that wasn't working out the best way. Let's find a way that works a little bit better. And so, yes. And I think that's key relying on the spirit for that of uh-huh. it, at some point in your life, like this is great. And then knowing, oh, my kids actually need me more. And it's funny. My sister's like, you'll find that as your kids get older, they actually need you more. Like, yes, when they're little, they, their physical needs are are so great. And then yes. when they're teenagers, like all my kids are in school right now. And so I have, you know, between the hours of nine and three where it's just right. me getting stuff done. She's like, but then when they get home. She's like, they need you so much, even just emotionally, like teenagers, they, they need you there. And, and, and however that looks, whether it's like a date night, one-on-one with them once a week, or it's sitting down with them doing homework and making a snack when they get home from school or like a Sunday snuggle, like in bed, like, tell me about everything that's on your mind or whatever, however it looks for you and your family, just being able to rely on the spirit and recognize when your kids are needing you and and what they need. And because Heavenly Father wants families to be strong and he wants children to yeah. be strong and he wants mothers and fathers and and grandmas and grandpas and aunts and everyone to help each other out and look after each other and so I really feel like he'll he'll let us know when when we need to slow down like you did or say yeah. 
hey, now you can bless some people outside your community. You can hold a bigger calling. Maybe you're able to more, you know, like however that looks, it's like, hey, you can, your capacity to serve can be expanded right now. Exactly. And, you know, I just want to say bless the, you know, I know so many don't have a choice. It's like, yeah, they single, single moms and those who are just doing all the hats. My hat goes off to them. I think they're just so incredible. And I, I think, agree. Yeah. I just want to add that in because I, 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 I love that you said that. And I, and I believe that heavenly father 100% makes up the difference. Even if you feel like I'm failing, I'm not doing okay. I'm drowning. We're going under that. He catches you and makes up the difference. And there have definitely been times in our marriage where I felt like, can I need to step up and help some more, but I can't go into work. So what can I do from home? Can I write? Can I, can I, you know, do songs? Can I teach? Like, what can I do? And that heavenly father helps magnify our efforts in any small way that when we feel like we need to step up and do something. And I want to share a story about that. So when my husband and I were first dating, we'd only been on a few dates and it, it just goes to show like you never, you never know what, what someone has been through, what their life is like and why they made the decisions they did. And it's so easy to judge and say, oh, I would never do that. And until you're in that situation, you just really don't know. So we, we've been on a few dates in, in Bountiful is where I grew up. And so he, we were going to a fireside. In fact, it was the second date. And so we were going to a fireside to share you very fun second date. And we were driving past a daycare that's like the daycare in Bountiful. Like it's the main one that I'd always drive past on my way to school and on our way to our little conference building that we'd go to for, for state conference and everything and regional conference. And we drove past this daycare and I just blurted out, Oh, I would never put my kids in daycare. If you want to be a mom, be a mom. And I ran my mouth for like a, a solid 10 minutes. I did. I, I just want you to know, like, if we ever get married, like I'm raising our kids. Like I, like I, I I was that bold, like whatever happens, like I'm going to be a stay at home mom. That's important to me and whatever. And I'm this, I'm 19 years old. So like, I'm a very, (laughs) I, yes, yes. I knew nothing, but, but of course I thought I did. I knew everything when I was younger. And he let me talk. He was dead silent and let me talk and was very polite. And after I got done, he said, my mom owns two daycares. And I was like, my heart just went into my stomach. And I was like, and I thought he, I really thought he was joking. So I started laughing and I'm like, that is not funny. And he's like, I'm being serious. He's like, my mom owns two daycares in Orem, Kids Connection and 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 Casey's oh Kid Care. It was like Casey's drop-off. It was like a drop-off daycare. And it was, it's been very successful. She's had it for like 20 years. She's been like businesswoman of the year in Orem. And he said, so in the 80s, my dad was a realtor. My father-in-law's governor Gary Herbert. And so he oh, like okay. amazing, wonderful. He's an incredible man and had this has had this wonderful political career. And he's just an incredible person. I look up to my in-laws so much. So he, in the eighties was a realtor before he got in, before he was a County commissioner and Lieutenant governor and all that stuff. He was like, he was in real estate and it was Herbert and associates. He did it with his dad and they had this real estate company and it was super successful. And then it, there was a crash, you know, eighties and it was really, really hard. And my sweet mother-in-law was like, how can I help? How can I help fill 
in the gaps right now. They had five kids at the time. I think my husband, she was either pregnant with, with my husband or they, she had, he was like, oh no, she'd had him because he was like two or three years old. And that's why she made this decision. So she had this little baby toddler and then five older kids mm-hmm. who were in school. And she's like, what can I do that I don't have to leave my son with a babysitter or I don't have to put him somewhere else. And she's like, I can open my own daycare. I can open my own business and bring my son to work with me and help bless other people's lives that are in the same situation that I'm in that have to work. And so she opened a daycare and brought my husband to work with her and in the daycare with her so he could be with his mama all day long and ran that for 20 years. And so many blessings that there were hard days for sure where their kids were, you know, mom's at the daycare and mom's working and she can't. And Brad's like, I like, I learned to cook when I was six years old. He's like, I vividly remember like standing in the kitchen, like on a little stool, stirring a giant pot of mac and cheese. And one of the teachers walking in and they're like, Brad, like he wasn't supposed to be, it's a stove, you know, and he's out cooking. And he looked at her and he's like, this is what you get with a mom who works. And the teacher thought that was so hilarious. And he's just like this little six-year-old, like <laughs> making mac and cheese for the hooligans, you know, in the yeah. back. Just and stepping out. Like, just stepping out. And she's like, okay, sweetheart, like I'll stir the mac and cheese, go back to class. And he said, it was so funny, but he's like, that was my life. That's what I knew. And he's like, I didn't resent my mom for it. Like it was just, that was our life. And I loved being with her. I still got to be with her all day. And I'd go sit in the office and I'd help her sort papers and I'd go to the different classrooms and whatever, but that she, it, it, it made me look at daycare and women that have to put their children in that, in a completely different life. And my judgmental little view of who they must be and why they're being selfish and whatever completely changed. And I'm like, I am so grateful that my view on that changed because you just never know why people make the difference. And and even like, I wanted to go back to school. I wanted to get a degree. Like it, it doesn't even have to be a necessity. Like if whatever prompting and you receive, this yeah. is a good thing. This is something you should pursue. It, it just made me be like, oh, I'm I'm so glad Heavenly Father taught me that lesson so I could take off those judgmental glasses that I wore my whole life about working moms. Don't you feel like it's like that with, I don't know, the older I get and I, you know, I have a 22 year old that will often say similar things. I'm never doing that. And I just keep reminding him, hey, you know, maybe don't say that because I said I would never, my judgmental, I think I was around the same age, nineteen twenty in Walmart. And there was like 11 o'clock at night and this baby that was in a diaper and no shoes. And I'm like, I would never bring my baby to Walmart. Well, guess what? How were they not in bed sleeping? Like yeah, what's wrong, what with you? wrong with them? And I remember my husband's traveling and my kids are throwing up and I have no option. And there I was, I kid you not with a kid in a diaper with a throw up pail thinking, okay, I get it. <laughs> oh, I really like didn't that. understand what they were going through. And no, yeah. I get it. I love that. That is so funny. It's true. And and I, 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 so often we look at people and we're like, oh, why did they do this? And and it's just, you just don't know. You don't yeah. know. And you don't know what you'll do until you're in that situation. I have a son with ADHD. His name's Briggs and he has my heart and I adore him. And I, there were some kids growing up, you know, and, and, and there was a stigma around it for sure. There's so much more research done now. That's amazing. But 
there was sort of a stigma around like, ooh, kids that are wild and hyper. And what did the mom do when she was pregnant? Or it was the food diet, or it was, did you get an epidural? Which I didn't, by the way. And all these things like this affects well, this and it's your environment. What was that? <laughs> That's amazing. I don't know. There. Good job. Oh, <laughs> well, I was like, okay, I'm going to do everything perfect in my pregnancy yeah. and, you know, whatever. Oh, he came how he came and, and has ADHD and, and we had all the organic food and all the things yeah. and he came how he came. Yeah. And I would look at moms with kids that were just wild in the grocery store and same thing, like control them. Oh, my son, whoever invented kid shopping carts, like I need to have a word with, like, why would you invent baby? They're like, this would be fun. They can grocery shop with their mom. No. Do you know what they do with those? They run away from you. They're like this little rocket and they run into other people and they put things in that you can't buy. And then you have to put everything back. I'm like, I hate whoever invented it's shopping carts. Where's like the, the car- they're wearing? Because they fill it with everything they want up and down yes. to re- Like yeah. put them in the car and strap them in. Be quiet. Here you go. Here's your cookie. Get in the little car. You can pretend you're driving, but you can't have your own shopping cart. So my little Briggsy boy would wear slippers to the grocery store. Slippers because they were slip- slippery. So he could run and slide. And he would run, 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 run. And I have videos of him. And here I am. And I'm like, yep, this is our outing. Judge me. He's running into things. Things are falling and breaking on the shelves. I'm just looking at all the moms like, judge me. I dare you. This is what this, this avoids a mental breakdown. This avoids like all these things. This is good for him. It's, it's stimulating the sound, the feeling of running and like all this energy. I'm like, you don't understand. This is something we need to do. And seriously, all those judgments of like, oh my gosh, control your child. I'm all, yep. Okay. I get it. Like you, we are all doing the best that we stinking can. <laughs> and sometimes I think on the flip side of that, I know for me, I create a, because sometimes there definitely are the, the ones judging. I've definitely yeah. been a recipient of that and had the eye rolls and things. But I also think there's a lot of people that are looking at you saying, I've been there. I get yes. you. You're going to be all right, mama. And they're out there too. So oh, I think and it's is, don't you just feel so grateful for them. And it makes you want to be that too. Like I need to look at that mom with that screaming baby and go up to her and saying, you are doing amazing. Even if she's freaking out, even if she, you know, is stop it and and loses her cool. It's like, no, you are doing amazing. And I, uh, uh, when my son was my, uh, my other son, Beckham, when he was two years old, we went to Toys R Us back when that was a thing. And he really wanted me to buy a training table. And I was like, mommy's not buying a train table today. Like he wanted to physically take the table home with him and that he was playing at because they had like a display and he's like, take the table. I'm like, we're not taking the table. And we couldn't even afford it. Even if we wanted to, it was like $200. We're like newlyweds with little, I'm like, we can't afford a $200 train table. So we were at the checkout line. He literally was on the floor. Like, you know, when they say like, like, you know, with the pounding their fists and the legs, like, I'm like, that's not really a thing, is it? Oh, it really is a thing. Like in the movies, on the ground, pounding, screaming. And there was a line behind me. And I was mortified. I'm like, and and I would have just left, except for we had a birthday party later that afternoon. And I had to get these things. So the lady's like checking me out and she's trying to go fast. And I'm like dripping sweat because I'm so stressed. And Beckham's screaming. And my other little sweet, my oldest boss is just looking. I'm like, Beckham, stop crying. You know, what's wrong? I have this little four-year-old and two-year-old. And and people are watching me. And I was imagining that they were like, what a bad mom. She can't even control her kids. Like, what bad decisions she's making. She should have just left or what's going on. And so I'm in the car 
and it's the like he was arching his back so I couldn't put him in the car seat so I had to like bend him in half you know what I mean like push him down and give a hug oh it was and I'm bawling so now we're both crying now we're both crying and he's kicking me in the face and I'm like at the tank table and you can't explain that to a two he doesn't understand anyway you know so but I'm like trying to explain to him why and this mom walks up behind me and she like tentatively like puts her hand like on my back as I'm like trying and she said oh she said I just want to tell you it makes me like so emotional you are an amazing mom you are doing such a good job it's so hard right now, isn't it? She's like, it's the hardest thing in the whole world. But look mm-hmm. at you. You are doing it and it will get easier. And you have wonderful children. I'm sure this, he's just tired. And what she went on and on. And I still, I kept crying as she was talking. And she's like, I just want to let you know that I think you are amazing. And, and I think all the young moms out there are doing such a good job. And I promise you, it'll get better. And then she walked away. And I just sat there sob, and he did. He like cried himself to sleep, and I just sat there sobbing in my car. I was so grateful that instead of being like, "Ugh, she just needs some space," that she walked up to me and just gave me this little bit of sunshine instead of that judgment of, "You are doing amazing," and it really helps everything, and it helped me even look at my children different. Like, Mm -hmm. it's okay, it's a phase, and yes, I do love them, and yes, I do love being a mom, and. It is going to go by fast and I can do it. I can do it. It was, was, it was really sweet. I love that. We, yeah, that just makes me want to be a better person all the way around. I love hearing that. I do. I, I, it makes me want to be a better person too. So speaking of that, you were telling me a little bit about your oldest son who works at a fizz up North. And I want to talk to you about him about just being a better person and making people's lives good. So this kind of the point of the podcast is, doing good and doing good where you're at. And you don't have to have been a daycare owner or a professional career woman or anyone to do amazing things. So tell me a little bit about your son and what he's doing to do good at this. Absolutely. So he's actually my middle son. So he's 19. Your middle son. Okay. And so my oldest is 22 and then our daughter is 16. So two boys and a girl. Two boys and a girl. Yeah. And he is, it's been really, really neat to watch him. He moved here, right? It was so hard and masks were on and making friends was difficult. And so one of the first things that I noticed was he did start to have friends second half of the year. And he's just such a great kid. He's six, five. He's, you know, white hair, white blonde hair, you know, you can't miss him, but really lost. And he said to me one day, I said, how are you doing this? Because all of a sudden kids were just kind of flocking to him and wanted to be around him. And he said, you know, I just decided to pick one thing. As soon as these masks came off, right? Second half of the year. I decided one thing in somebody that I liked and I needed to be honest, right? And I would tell them, hey, I like your shirt or I like your necklace or I like the way you did this. And they would start to open a conversation. And he said, you can't believe how many friends that's helped me to get. And he started to stop by the front office every day and tell the ladies in the front office, good morning and ask them how they were doing. And he just does these little things that you would never know. And he started to get, he got a job at Fizz and he just has this motto. You can come through my line sad, but you can't leave sad. You have to leave happy. And so I love that so much. Yeah. And he's not one that will really tell you these things. You kind of have to dig them out of him. Yeah. 
But I love what was it about middle children, and they're like, you have to like peel them open, yeah. like talk to me. That's how mine are too. Yeah. The oldest talks to me all day long, you know. With the middle, he's different, and he yeah. is more private, and he does and he does those things. But it's just been so fun to watch him be able to light people up. And on our community pages, a, a few times I've seen different things come through. He actually made the community newspaper during Christmas time for there was this lady that had came through and she was having a really bad day and she had gone through another drive through I want to I don't want to get it wrong but it was another fast food drive through and the boy was working alone and he was getting yelled at repeatedly car after car after car people that were frustrated you know last year when I th- think this yeah when we just had no help for a lot of different things and a lot of jobs were needing more employees and yep. this kid was taking the brunt of it well she starts to tell my son about that. And he got some cookies and different things and said, bring this over to this kid. And so she went back over and brought the cookies and things over to the kid. And then he started to cry. He said, I haven't, I've had the worst day, you know, but it's sometimes it can just be the littlest things of people feeling seen and feeling hard times and feeling like, Somebody understands them just like you did in the parking lot with that woman. It's the same thing of just feeling like you're not alone in your scene and that there is people that are cheering you on and there are people that want to see you succeed and they don't want to be grumpy with you or make you feel worse. And so that, I don't know. I just, he's just been funny because we hear a lot of different people. Oh, that's your son. Oh, he's just so great. He makes our day and. He's got these repeat customers that come in just so they can smile. And I love that. Yeah. He's got a lot of different things he knows about their lives and the amount of kids they have and where they work and how many times they come through. Some, some come through quite a few times a day, <laughs> which <laughs> learning. you're like, and I know you're reg. I know what you're regular. Like, does he say these yeah, regulars? regulars too? Yeah. So it's funny. Yeah. He's that a great is- kid. That is amazing. And, and you know what? It's our kids are amazing. And I feel like, like, you know, who I was at 19 and I'm, you know, judging people about putting their kids in daycare and here your son is like, how can I make someone better? And we all learn lessons at different times in our lives and, and we progress and the world changes. And so do we, but I think our youth right now, I mean, they are stellar. They're amazing. And I think it's so fun to hear about how people are just using whatever talents and gifts they have to talk to people. To, I'm sure people just, I'm sure he listens and, and and he brings out, but I'm sure that he's the type of person that people just tell things to. Like they just yeah. open up to him and he's like, I, like I it's know. so yeah. great that there's people that you know that you're just like, I just tell them things and that he's just someone that people like intrinsically trust and feel like yeah. you're someone that I could just share something with. And that is yeah. such a wonderful, beautiful spiritual gift and that he's blessing lives and doing good, even in the fizz line. Even in the fizz line. Yeah, he is. So that is awesome. Well, yeah. Lindsay, if, if you know, people kind of want to learn more about you and have you come speak to youth groups or young women groups about hope and light and trusting Christ, where can they go to kind of learn more about you and your family? And when is your book coming out? Okay. So I'm just writing it right now. This is definitely a first for me. And so I don't have a date that it's coming out at this particular moment. None, it's done. Okay. I'm hoping by the end of the the summer would be the goal. That is the goal we're setting. So, So 
Oh, that yeah. is so and then we have Instagram and Facebook that you can go to. So it's Lindsay underscore bro. And then Lindsay Broshinsky on Facebook. Awesome. Yeah. And, and I, yeah, I love hope. It's, I really do believe it can change it all. And I really believe hope is perspective. And I just have this dream in my heart that hope lights are being ignited all over the world one by one as we're willing to share our experiences and help to kind of turn around and then lift somebody up through the same challenges. Because I think, I think Satan's cage is to kind of put us in a spot where we feel absolutely alone. And I know many times in my life I've had thoughts like just stand up, just stand up and go towards where it's light. And then there's been times I haven't been able to even feel that much where somebody else has kind of came and told me stand up and go where there's light. You're not alone. You're going to be okay. And so I think it's a two way street of hope can be those singular moments in our life when we just have that perspective of a thought or an impression. And it's enough to get us to stand up and realize that there's going to be something on the horizon to change the current situation. And it's not always going to be this way. And that the, the sun is going to come after the rain. And it, I think we have those moments and it's, and I think so many of us are so brave and we stand up time and time and time again. And we're not giving ourselves credit for that a lot of times, but I also think sometimes it's really important when we've gone through different struggles and trials to instead of be ashamed of them or try to run away from them, own them as part of who you are and be willing to turn around and lift someone else. Just like that mom in the parking lot, you know, she had been there. She knew that struggle. She knew that heartache that was in your eyes and those tears rolling yeah. down your cheeks. I guarantee she'd had them. And so her being willing to turn around and just put her hand on you and say, you're going to be okay. I really believe that ignites hope because hope is perspective. And yes. when we have that perspective, then we need to have the faith that it's going to continue to get better or to change or to shift. And that the things that we saw or that we felt meant something and they matter. And to me, that's just one of the best things that we can do. So I love that you do this podcast. I love that you talk about ways that we can do good and that you're sharing different experiences and stories from others, because I know that can change at all, truly. And it has been such a blessing for me to be able to talk with people from all different walks of life, from addicts to, you know, grief experts, to athletes, to entrepreneurs, reality show stars. I mean, all walks of life, kids that are are out there doing good, recovering pornography addicts. I mean, you name it. Like I, and I just feel like hope is the underlying thread through everything that life can be wonderful and amazing and hope in our savior that no matter what is going on, like it will be okay. Like President Hinckley's quote, like it'll all be all right. It, it just, it is so hopeful that it's going to work out no matter what. And to have that light, I love that you said like light the world with this hope, this optimism, this happy outlook instead of a doomsday depressed, like you said, Satan wants to cage us and, and take away our hope. That's the main thing is 
is to say, it's too late. There's nothing you can do. Look what you've done. And it's over. And it's never true. Elder Holland said, there's nowhere, there's no dark place you can go that the light of the Savior and atonement cannot shine. Something right. like that. There's, no. there's, It just is not possible for darkness to overtake the light. It, it, if, if you, the Savior's light, like his light is always brighter. The light of hope is always brighter. And I'm so grateful and appreciative that you brought up even just standing. And there have been times in my life where I've had the same thoughts of, of being on my knees and thinking, I can't. Like I, my husband's working late again. I have four kids under six. The baby's crying. I've been up all night. My kids are hungry. I need to go be a mom. I, I can't. And yeah. the same thing, the thought like Carmen just, it makes me emotional. Like just, just stand, just stand up. And then he will guide your feet and literally have felt power beyond my own to walk downstairs, to make the little breakfast, to get my babies dressed. And it's like, it's like a generator. Like once it gets fired up, you kind of yeah. keep going and it runs up and you're like, oh, I can do it. I can. Satan wants to freeze us and make us curl up in a ball and, and just make us completely frozen with fear and feel incapable. And yeah. I have such a testimony of what you said of when you stand and you kind of just, oh, like, like Nephi said, like, shake off, shake it yeah. off, like awake my soul, shake it yeah. off. Like, just come on, we can do this. Like, buck up. I love that so much because it's such a beautiful descriptive thing of, no, Heavenly Father will help you. When you start moving, oh, it's amazing what he can do with your feet. It's amazing. It's I imagine in those moments, I see in my mind, I look at the world map and I see lights. When you stand up, I see that light. And so I just sort of see like that illumination. And then that light can overtake the darkness one by one. And yes, I really believe in that. And yeah, I love what you're saying. And it's so true. And I had a thought. Not a but, no, <laughs> no. Come to me in a second, but it was really awesome and insightful. Maybe could have been. Yeah. <laughs> Darn it! Oh. oh well, I I'm I've had so much fun talking with you today, Lindsay, and and about hope and goodness and looking to the Savior and and not outward, you know, to mentors and other people that, that do good. And that's the wonderful thing is there's so many of us, like, here I am like telling, yeah. you know, having a podcast and talking to people about things. And, but I hope that like, don't look to me for advice. Like I, I hope people can learn from my experiences and from your experiences in your life. And the whole point is to bless each other and, and help each other throughout this life. But truly the one person that can help you and mentor you like the ultimate is the savior. That's that yes. is who will help you. And I remembered my thought now. Yes. I, oh, good. To that, but the first part was you know maybe if you're in a boxing match and you're face down in the arena, you might lose the match. But just know in real life, Heavenly Father does not work that way, and it, it's never too late to stand back up. It's never too late to start over. It's never too late to make a change. There's no timer, and as long as you Karen, whatever day is appropriate, whatever time, you can always, always stand back up and just don't tell yourself the lie that it's passed me by. I can't ever make this change in my life. I can't ever get any better than where I am because it always can be. 
And the second thing I want to say is I am a huge believer in mentors and, and, and growth. I love it all. I mean, I've spent a majority of my adult life studying the human mind. I absolutely am a huge proponent of therapy and counseling and yeah, having somebody in your life to push you and to help you see things outside of yourself. But I just think it's the only danger I see is when you, it's out of order. And I think what's so important is that you first create the, the very long, <laughs> lifelong relationship with your savior and that you understand who you are. And even if somebody, a mentor or a, anything that you're a therapist or anybody says something that you're not sure about that you're still remembering to get on your knees and ask more questions and to that you do have what you need inside of you right now. You are born equipped to handle your specific challenges and your specific needs. And sometimes we all need help outside of that. We all yeah. do. But I think when that foundational piece is in place first, it takes a while and we can all get off track with it. And I think it's going to be a life lesson and a life journey for us all to kind of keep making sure that that piece is, is secure and that it's yeah. stable, but everything else, once that piece is stable and secure, you don't lose yourself in the process of growth. You don't lose who you are. You don't have to question or doubt the process. It becomes, it's helping you to, to be the best version of you, but you're yeah. still you. You're not changing yeah. who you're talking to or what you're listening to. You're just kind of enhancing who you already are. And that's just, yeah. I guess, the message I want people to know that. Oh, I love that. And, and, and the, the way to do that, I believe, is through the, the inspiration and gift and power of the Holy Ghost is that He's the one that enhances and uplifts and makes everything about our physical, emotional, mental, spiritual appearance and, and capabilities and faculties. He enhances all of that and, and makes more of us than we can on our own. And I love that. It's, it's yes, improve and be better, but don't don't change who you are, like stay who you are, but be the best version of yourself that you can be. Yes. Because We need you exactly as you are to help light this world and do good. Lindsay, thank you so much for coming on the podcast with me and for all the good you are doing. You are so welcome. Thank you so much. It's so great to talk to you. Herbert, and I'm so excited to tell you about an amazing app that my whole family loves. It's called Our Turtle House, and it's full of literally thousands of hours of full-length talks, just like the old talk on CDs or talk on tapes, from some of your favorite Latter-day Saint speakers like John By the Way, Mick Johnson, Hank Smith, me, and a ton more. Plus, there's podcasts, firesides, devotionals, come follow me resources, and entertaining content your whole family will enjoy truly all in one little app and you can use promo code doing good all one word at checkout and you get a full month free so check it out and sign up at ourturtlehouse.com see you soon